0: Try that again. Good evening, everybody. How are you tonight? Everybody put a smile on. Let me see your bright, shiny faces today. (laughs) Some of you need to work on that. All right. I hope you came ready to have a good time tonight. Brother Herman is going to shuck the corn for us tonight. Amen. Uh, Amen. Well, let's all stand. We're going to worship, and we're going to talk about the amazing grace of God. Amen. Here we go. Let's sing it together, too.
1: who breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger
0: Of God's amazing grace. You're God, we thank you. You're the breath in our lungs, God. You're the very air that we breathe. God, just thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for spilling your blood on that cross for us. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap over and amen let's take time if you would don't sit down quite yet i see you sneaking in on me everybody put a smile on your face tell somebody you're glad to see them and then we're gonna have the floyd boys come on up and we'll get ready for them all right while y'all are greeting one another You can find your place and be seated. And uh, give welcome to the Floyd boys, if you would, for being here today, amen? Now, we we had not sung in about uh, 20 years, and then all of a sudden, now we're singing once a year, amen?
2: We sang about 45 minutes ago. I know, we did. That was okay. practice. Oh, this, is, oh, okay. this is the
0: real thing around oh, here,
2: amen? This is the money shot right uh, that's, here. It. Okay. that's it. That's it.
0: And Miss Nancy back here on the piano. Give Miss Nancy a big hand if you would. Amen. We're going to sing a couple songs for you, and then we're going to toss it over to Brother Herman. Brother Herman, whether it's good or bad, you come on and preach it hard. Amen. (laughs) We're going to have a good time either way. We're going to start with a little, uh, how many of you like Southern Gospel? Good. If you don't, just pretend like you do. All right. And we're going to sing a little Step Into the Water. All right. We can get Miss Nancy all hooked up here. Get her
2: round up. All right.
3: Here we go.
1: Step into the water, wade out a little bit deeper. Wet your feet in the water of His love. Oh, step into the water,
2: wade out a little
1: bit deeper. Come join angels singing praises to the Lamb of God. It's time we, the people, stand up for what is right. It's time we squared our shoulders back and raised our swords to fight. For the Bible is my weapon and the Spirit is my shield. The church needs more of its members to be workers in the field. Well, step into the water a little bit deeper, wet your feet in the water of His love. Oh, step into the water, Way out a little bit deeper. Come join angels singing praises to the Lamb of God. There is victory for the Christian who walks the narrow way. There has been a prize appointed for the soul who does not stray. Oh, I want to live for Jesus, be all that I should be, so that I can rest with Him forever, live eternally. Well, step into the water, Wait out a little bit deeper, wet your feet in the water of His love. Oh, step into the water, Wait out a little bit deeper, Come join angels singing praises to the Lamb of God. Come join angels singing praises to
3: the Lamb
1: of God.
0: takes a lot of breath (laughs) it didn't didn't seem that hard when we were younger did it
2: (laughs) you mean uh, 120 pounds ago yeah
0: yeah yeah that's what I mean Uh, now this one we're really going to show how old we are because I literally have to be right on top of this music to see these words all right and it's a lot of words and it goes fast all right but it talks about Jesus is coming soon how many of you believe that Amen. amen he's coming soon to get us all right let's sing it Sometimes
1: times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is at stay Humbling your heart to God, save from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. For Jesus is coming soon. Trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead, dead shall rise. rise. Righteous meet in is. the skies, going where, knowing where no one
0: dies. Heavenward bound. Here we go singing. Troubles will soon be your happy forevermore. When we
1: meet on, on that shore, free from all care. morning or night Night or noon, noon. many will meet meet their doom, trumpets will will surely sound. all of the dead Dead shall rise. rise. will surely sound, all of the dead shall rise, righteous meet in the skies, going where no one dies, heavenward bound,
3: heavenward bound,
0: amen, brother Herman, you better come save us, Amen. Give Brother Herman a big hand if you would. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Thank you, brother. You took my stand there, bud. Oh, we took your stand. Yeah, that's right. It's almost like it's you want to cool. preach or something. <laughs> there you go.
2: When he first introduced him, I thought he said Florida boys. Employed. I love to hear them sing they do a great great job I appreciate brother Ron Meadows uh, uh, we go back a long long way together we've had a uh, uh, revivals together and brother Ron led the music in several revivals where I was at and I appreciate him uh, so much and it was good last year to see him and uh, again this year so thank y'all as a group for coming and sharing with us we appreciate y'all so much and I love your pastor, Brother Mark and Julie. Amen? What a blessing they are. I told you last year that if I lived in this vicinity, this is one church that I would join in a heartbeat. I wouldn't have to think about it at all. Uh, y'all are so gracious and so loving, and, and, uh, and you have a wonderful pastor and Julie, and, and I just uh, I, I, this would be my place, and I mean that. And so thank you for the honor again to having us to be here is such a tremendous honor. If you have your Bible tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 14. If I had to title the message tonight, I would say it this way. Do we do our very best for the Lord? Do we do our very best uh, for the Lord? And here is a, a, a passage of Scripture that, as a matter of fact, it would be familiar to all of us because it's mentioned in three of the Gospels. And so it must have been important. There must have been something there that God wanted us to see, or he wouldn't have put it in there that many times. But begin reading verse 3. It says this, Being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he set it meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spices, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it, Upon his head. And there were some that had great indignation with themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold uh, for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor. And they muttered against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She has wronged a good work upon me. For you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me you have not always. Listen to this. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for the burial. Verily I say unto you, that wherever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of a memorial Of her. What a tremendous passage. Talking about your life and my life in in a way about doing our very best for the Lord. Now, we know the background of this story. We know that this woman took her alabaster box, which was probably a year's salary, and she took that box and broke it and poured it upon the head of Jesus. Now, I've learned a long time ago as a Baptist preacher. Not to talk to you about your money. Because if I talked to you about your money, you would shut me off and you wouldn't hear another word I said the entire evening. But folks, I got good news for you tonight. God doesn't want your money. What God wants is your heart. And if he gets your heart, he'll get your money. Amen? And as a matter of fact, he owns it all anyway. We're only a steward of whatever we have. But in this story, I don't want to talk to you tonight about alabaster bosses, I want to talk to you tonight about what you and I can give our very best to the Lord. So if we're not going to talk about money, what are we going to talk about? What is it that you and I can give God that he would be pleased with? Well, first of all, I think this. I believe that you and I ought to give him the very best of the love that you and I have. Folks, listen to me. He doesn't deserve to be second place in your life. He doesn't deserve to be third or fourth. He deserves to be number one in each and every one of our hearts. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that we're to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. My friend, let me just be honest. Is he number one in your life tonight? Is there anything between you and him that seemingly is more important in your life than your relationship with God? You see, if there is, then he's not number one. He's not, you're not loving him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. He ought, he ought to be first place in every one of our lives. I'm reminded of that story, you know. The man goes to the store to buy his wife some perfume. And he tells the woman behind the counter, said, do you have any perfume? So it's my wife's birthday. I want to buy her some perfume. So she goes back. And she brings this little bottle and she sets it on the counter. He said, how much is that? She said, $100. He said, ooh. He said, do you have anything a little cheaper? And so she goes back, puts that back, brings back another one. He said, how much is that? And she said, that's $50. He said, ooh. He said, do you have anything a little bit cheaper? And so she takes that back and brings back the third bottle and sets it on the counter. He said, how much is that? And she said, that's $25. He said, mmm. He said, do you have anything any cheaper? She said, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> well, my friend, listen, I think sometimes that's the way God looks at us. You see, we take the very best of our life. We take the very best of our talent, very best of our ability, and we throw it out there in the world. But when it comes to God, we don't give God the very best. We give him the leftovers. And he doesn't deserve the leftovers. He deserves the very best that you and I have to give. Amen? And not only does he deserve the very best of our love, I believe that he deserves the very best years that we have left to live. I know I'm getting older, and, of course, just a couple of three years ago when I lost my wife, I realized how fragile life is. You know, we sometimes just believe that we're just going to live forever. But, folks, we're not. Because the truth of the matter is, how much time do you and I have? We don't know. You know, the Bible says life is like vapor. The moment that we think we have it, all of a sudden it's gone. We don't know how much time that we have. But we do know that we have this time. And I think that, my friend, that would be pleasing unto the Lord is that you and I would live the very best of the years that we have left for the glory of God. That we put him first in everything. That you and I would live the very remainder of our life trying our very best to please him more than we try to please the things of this world. Amen? The very best of the years that we have left. And then thirdly, I think we ought to give him the best of our talent, gifts, and ability. You see, my friend, listen, I talked about that this morning. I said we're not all alike, but we're all important that we all can't do the same thing, but all of us can do some things. And it's only when you and I contribute that gift, that talent, the ability that God has given us, can you and I say that we're giving God the very best that we have to give. You know, I meet people all the time that say, well, I'm not important. You know, I'm one of those, and you heard me say this morning, I'm one of those that believe that every Christian ought to be involved. If you have a talent, you have a gift, you have have an ability to contribute to the kingdom of God, then you need to be plugged in somewhere. And some people tell me, they say, well, Brother Herman, I'm not important, I can't sing like the Floyd boys, I, you know, I can't teach a class or I, I, I don't, I, I can't, I, you know, I'm just not important. Well, listen to what Paul said. Paul talked about the body of Christ as what? One body, but yet many members. And you remember what he said? He said, as a matter of fact, some of the members that we don't pay much attention to is just as vital to the body as the members that we do see. He said, an ear can't say to the eye because I'm not like you, I'm not... He said, that's ridiculous. But have you ever thought, listen to me, have you ever thought how important your little toe is? Now, I would be willing to say that not any of us today got up this morning before we got dressed and took time and and pulled our little toe aside and said, you know, I didn't spend no time with you yesterday and, and you know, nobody saw you and Nobody spoke to you, so I'm just going to spend some time with you this morning. And you sit there and you massage your little toe and you told it how beautiful it was and how grateful you were that it was a part of your body and and you're just so pleased with that little toe. I I don't imagine anyone in this room did that. Because you see, you and I don't think that toe is very important until you get up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden you're going to get a drink or going to the restroom, and all of a sudden you hit that little toe on the corner of that bed, and immediately you're going to find out that little toe's going to affect the whole body. Amen? I mean, you're going to let out a yell. You're going to take your arm. You're going to reach down and you're going to grab it. You're going to hop around. Tears are going to come to your eyes. I mean, that little toe that you didn't think was important, is really important to the body. You see, my friend, listen. It doesn't matter whether you're an ear. It doesn't matter if you're an eye or a nose. Everybody wants to be a mouth. But I want to tell you something. Even if you're just a little toe, you're important to the kingdom of God. And the very best that you could give God is your talent, your gift, and ability. And do whatever it is that God wants you to do to know that, my friend, that without you, the body is incomplete, and that body cannot function as God intended it to function. That's why I believe that everybody in the church ought to have a job. Amen? Hey, hey Come on now, Amen? I mean, my friend, I want to tell you, if you, listen, the Bible says I'd rather be a doorman in the house of the Lord than to dwell among the tents of the wicked, amen. The doorman's an important job. See, there's a place for you. And so if you want to give God your very best, give him, give him first place in your life. Give him the talent, the gift, and ability that God has given you. And give him the remainder of the years that you have left. So, therefore, the second question would be this. Why should we give God our best? See, if I can point out what is our best, then the second question would be why, you would say. Well, I got three answers for that, too. Number one, because that he is who he says he is. I want to tell you there's none like him. Amen. I mean, as I said in the message this morning, he's in comparison to no one. He's not a vine; he is the vine. He is not the bread of uh, a bread of life; he is the bread of life. You see, he's in comparison to no one. He he is he is Lord of lords and King of kings. He he's a savior of this world, my friend. I want to tell you something. He is worthy of our very best because of who he is. He's more important than that little league football, uh, baseball team. He's more important than the Dallas Cowboys. He's more important than anything that you and I could ever, ever contribute in this world, my friend, because in who he is. And not only because of who he is, but because of what he's done. You know, much has been said this morning about salvation and, and once once I was blind but now I see once I was in darkness and now I'm in light. And as, as Brother Mark brought out in Sunday school, my friend, don't you remember what it was like Uh, before meeting Christ and what life was about. You were looking for happiness where there was no happiness. You were looking for peace where there was no peace. And then all of a sudden, what? You realize that nobody loved you like God loved you, that he gave his only begotten Son, and he who knew no sin became sin for you and I. And he died upon that cross, was buried, rose the third day, ascended to heaven. One day he's going to come again. And my friend, all of that just for you and for me. Wow. He's worthy, not only because of who he is, but because of what he done for you and for me. Wow. Give you the third reason why. Because it's only as we give our best to God can you and I experience God's best for us. I go back to that story. I I always go back to it in my own personal life. You remember David when he was wanting to buy the the threshing floor? And you remember he he said, how much would this cost me? And and the man said, no, 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 no. He says, you don't have to buy it. He says, "Uh, I'll give it to you. And you remember what David said? He said, oh, no. He said, I I won't give my God anything that didn't cost me something. My friend, what is it costing you? What is it costing me to love God? What is it costing us to serve God? What is it costing us? to live every single day to know that every morning that when we open our eyes, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm to rejoice and be glad in it. God could have took me last night, but God allowed me another day to live. Would it not be a sin not to live that day for the glory of God? He deserves it. He deserves it because of who he is He deserves it because what he has done, and he deserves it because, my friend, only as I give God my very best can I experience God's very best for my life. Wow. This woman did. She gave a whole year's salary and took it and broke it and poured it upon his head. My friend, what are you giving God? What is it costing you to serve God? Could you sit here tonight and say that you're doing your very best for God? Or would you have to say tonight that God's getting the leftovers of your life? God, you know, I'd give more. But God, I got these other obligations, you know. I got that new car I'm paying for. God, I got that boat that I just bought. God, I got, I, I got this that I want, and I want, and I want, and I want. And God, you know, I, I'm going to give to you, God, but I'm going to give you the leftovers. No, he doesn't deserve the leftovers. He deserves the very best that we have to give. So what can we give him? We can give him our love. We can give him our talent. We can give him our years. Why? Because of who he is, because of what he's done, because by, the, by our giving him our best, we get to experience his best. Well, let me give you the last three things, and that would be what will be the results. See, I can tell you what we ought to give. I can tell you why we ought to give, but i got to give you are the results of giving. Because if I can't convince you in the results, then all the others are just going to pass over your head. So what is the results of giving God our very best? I'm not talking about second place. I'm not talking about third place. I'm talking about giving him our all. You know, I love that verse that Paul said. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You know what he said? He said, when I came to the cross, I died at the cross. He said, I live, but it's not me. It lives, but it's Christ that liveth in me. You see, if you're a child of God tonight, you died at the cross. Folks, I want to tell you, for years and years and years, I struggled. You know, I'd get before God and I'd say, God, this is what I think. God said, I ain't concerned about what you think. Well, God, this is what I'm going to do. God said, I ain't concerned about what you're going to do. Because it's not about you. It's all about me. It's putting him first. It's realizing that we're crucified with Christ. And the second greatest verse that he ever wrote, he says, I die what? Daily. Daily. Not a one time. It well, wasn't something back there 40, 50 years ago. It's something that when you got up this morning, you died this yourself so that you could live for him. So what is the result of giving God God our very best. Well, you're not gonna like the first one. Okay, I just warn you ahead of time. The first thing's gonna happen. People are going to object. Have you ever noticed that? People's gonna object, they're gonna make fun of you, they're gonna mock you, they muttered against her. And they said, why why was this waste made? That it could have been sold and been given to the poor. I mean, they're trying to play the spiritual leader here. But you always got that crowd around you. Have you ever noticed that? Whether it's at the workplace or whether it's in the family, you're always going to have that crowd around you that doesn't understand why you put God first. Why do you go to church all the time? Why why do you give down there? Don't you know that's all they want is your money? Why do you go down there on work day? Don't you know that's all they want you to do is work, 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 work? I mean, be truthful. I mean, that crowd is always around you. When you strive to do the very best you can do for God, criticism, Is going to come. But now here's something you can mark down. Usually, the ones that are criticizing aren't doing anything themselves. Nowhere in the story do you ever find them pouring any oil. Nowhere in the story do you ever find that it cost them anything to worship Jesus. They were quick to criticize, but they wasn't very quick. In doing anything. And I find that most people that do the criticizing ain't doing much themselves. The ones that criticize the church, they ain't involved in the church. They're not giving to the church. They're not serving in the church. They're not doing anything in the church. But they're quick to criticize you for doing something in the church. And when you serve the the Lord. There's going to be that crowd that will always criticize you. But let me tell you, the second good thing is that when you give God your very best, you're pleasing Him. Notice what the Scripture said. Jesus said, He said, "Why, why, why, why are you leave her alone?" He said, "Why trouble you? She's wrong to good work." He said, "Man, why are you criticizing her?" She's done something special. Folks, the sooner you and I learn that you and I are not here to please people, we're here to please God. And when you and I do anything that we do for the Lord, my friend, he will be pleased in what you do. It pleased him. And and as a matter of fact, he, he said to her, he, he said he said well, about her she did what she could i like that see i don't have much talent i i can't sing man they used to take psalm books away from me i i, I can't sing I, I i i i there's not a whole lot i'm very good at but you know what god wants he just wants me to do what i can I used when I first went to evangelism. Now my church knew me when they called me, and, but when I went to evangelism, I was I was in front of a lot of different people. I knew when I walked in church, I, I was with school teachers. Uh, I, I I was with important people. Maybe there's a lawyer sitting in there, you know, and and, and so I, I was really intimidated. And and when I first went to Bainesville, I'd get up and I'd say this little statement. I'd say, now listen to me real closely. If you've ever known a loss, a loss, farmer, cowboy, and a trucker, and you put all three of those guys in one, then you know when I got saved, I lost 80% of my vocabulary and I'm doing the best I can with the 20% I got. And my wife used to remind me. She said, you don't have to remind them. They'll find out soon enough. (laughs) And I realized that. And I, for a long, long time, struggled why God would pick somebody like me in the lower Rio Grande Valley off of a farm that had never gone to college, didn't even like high school, most of the time couldn't pronounce half of the words, why God would choose somebody like me until one day it dawned on me that it wasn't about me. It was all about him. And all he was looking for was a vessel. That was all he was looking for. He wasn't looking for somebody that was uh, greatly He, He He didn't care about all that. All he cared about was finding a vessel that not only could God pour himself into, but God could pour himself out of that would be willing to lift him up. Folks, I want to tell you something. That's the best gift that you and I could ever give God. It's when we come to the place to realize that it's not about us. It's all about him. So here was a woman that people muttered against. They criticized her. They made fun of her. Here was a woman that my friend that uh, uh, gave her very best, she did what she could, and Jesus was pleased. Now, let me give you the last thing, and that's this, is that whatever you and I do will last for eternity. You say, where well, you get that? Right here. Notice what Jesus said in verse 9. He said, Verily I say unto you that wherever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken as a memorial of her. Over 2,000 years ago, we're still talking about this woman tonight and what she did for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, my friend, the truth of the matter is, the only thing that will be ever eternal in any one of our lives will be that which we have done for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're worshiping in a beautiful facility, in a prime location. We got air conditioning, great sound. But folks, did you know that some of those that have gone on to be with the Lord, that you and I are reaping what they planted over at the other church and over here. They're gone, but you and I are enjoying what they left behind. My question to you, what are you going to leave behind? What legacy are you going to have? How much of the kingdom of God is going to be benefited because of your life? Are we doing our best for the Lord? I believe if we would be honest, and I wrestled about preaching this sermon so early in the revival, because maybe some of you may not come back. But the truth, I believe that if we were honest tonight, most of us would have to be at this altar tonight say, God, forgive me. Forgive me, God, for playing around in my Christianity. I preach the revival. I'm not going to mention the church. But it's right out of Fort Worth, not very far. Back in the days when revivals went from Sunday to Sunday. Remember those days? Started on Sunday morning and you ended on Sunday morning. And so we preached there the whole week and very little happened the whole week. I mean, I couldn't even get a grunt out of them. And, you know, the only thing that was moving in the whole church was the artificial flyers in front of me when the air conditioner would come on. I mean, they would move a little bit. And, you know, I mean, that was the most movement I saw the whole week. So I got up on, the, this was in my younger days, okay, I've mellowed, I got up on the second Sunday morning, and I said, folks, we've gone all week, not very much has happened, if anything. I said, how many, now don't raise your hand, but I said, how many of y'all would like to see a revival fall this morning? that everybody in this town in 15 minutes would know that God moved in. Now, I did in the First Baptist Church. I said 15 minutes, everybody in town would know that God moved into this church. How many of y'all would like to see that kind of revival? I said probably every hand in this building would go up. But I opened my Bible. And I read the story of Ananias and Sapphira lying about their giving. I said, let's just pray right now that everybody that lied about their giving today, that God will strike them dead right now. You could have heard a pin drop. They didn't know what I was getting ready to say. I said, the truth of the matter is, folks, We're playing with God. You know it, and I know it. When God doesn't deserve our leftovers, God deserves our best. Is he getting your best tonight? Only you know that. God knows it, and only you know this woman gave her very best. And I believe that anything short of our very best is a sin before God. He deserves it. You know what it is. When your heart is right, everything else will be right. If, 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 you're, if He's first place of your heart, you won't have a problem giving. You won't have a problem serving when he's first place. He's worthy. And you can leave behind a legacy, a spiritual legacy that will live on long after you're gone. Are you giving God your best tonight? That's the question tonight. You have to answer that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for stories like this. God, you put it three times in the gospel. God, there must have been something there you wanted us to see. And God, I I believe that if this story teaches us anything, it teaches us to give you our very best. And God, no matter who we are, We may feel like that we're just that little toe down there in the the shoe that's covered up with a sock that nobody sees, nobody notices. But God, we're important to the body of Christ. God, there is something for each and every one of us, no matter who we are, to do for the kingdom. And so, Lord, tonight I pray that when this invitation is given, that, Lord, that maybe we would come and take Brother Mark by the hand and say, Brother Mark, I'm not where I ought to be. I'm not where I want to be. But I believe tonight I can be. And tonight, I I want to put him first place, Brother Mark. I, I, I want my life to revolve around him, not him around me. But tonight, I want to make him first place in my life. God, some of us watch television more than we read our Bible. God, some of us, Lord, talk on the phone more than we talk to you. So, Lord, I pray tonight that you speak to our heart. We say we want revival. God, we schedule revival. We attend revival. Until, God, you want to give us revival. Then we have a tendency to pull back. So, Lord, I pray tonight that we'll let go. That we just say tonight, God, I want you to be first place in my life. Here I am, God. Take me and use me. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If nobody raises their hand, I won't even give an invitation. But how many of you would say tonight that God's spoken to your heart? That if nobody else was in this room but you, you feel like. That God spoke to you. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. And you and you and you. You. All over this building. One after another. I'm going to ask you tonight to make that commitment. Everything to succeed takes a commitment. You can't have a marriage without a commitment. You can't hold a job without a commitment. You kids can't make grades in school without a commitment. Everything takes a commitment. I'm going to ask you tonight to make a commitment and say, God, help me put you first in my life. I'm going to ask you, and you that raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to lead the way and come tonight and just take, Brother Mark. you don't have to stay here. You don't have to linger here. But by you coming forward, you're saying tonight, I want to put God first in my life. Lord, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Brother Mark could be here. And if you want to just come, say, Brother Mark, I'm putting him first tonight. You come on right now. You come on. Somebody lead the way, and others are following. He deserves it. You just want to come to the
3: altar.
2: Me. You feel free. else brother will just pray with you send you right back to